Hi everyone, and a big welcome to the Living With SMA podcast. We talk about all things spinal muscular atrophy related, but topics discussed are not exclusively for individuals with SMA, so there should be something here for everyone. We also do things differently. For starters, our charity SMA UK uses different hosts and everyone involved gets a final say in the creative process of making these episodes. We cut through the jargon and the content is accessible for everyone. All the stories are individual and we are committed to sharing as many different perspectives as we can for our listeners. So if you're listening to this and have a burning desire to talk about a particular subject, then please reach out to us on our social media channels or send us a quick email. And remember, no topic is off the table. If there is something the SMA community wants to talk about, this is the place. We really hope you enjoy the podcast and please do connect with our charity and share your comments online. And let us know what you think. From all the team at SMA UK, thank you for listening. Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Living With SMA podcast. My name is Ross Lannan and I'm going to be your host for today and we have another great episode lined up for you today. All I will say is grab your bikinis, grab your speedos because we are going on a bit of a summer holiday which is very exciting. Um, I wish I was talking literally. I should put my, I've got my sunglasses here in fact, maybe we should, uh, you know, Play my bit. But yes, we are going to be talking summer holidays today, uh, which is is going to be a good one. Uh, we're going to be talking about disability-related travel. Um, between, between us, we are going to be sharing some of our experiences over the years and some little tips along the way for traveling, whether that's within the UK or whether that's abroad as well. So let's kick uh, things off with some introductions today uh let's meet who who's going to be sharing their stories let's start with uh you maxwell please yeah hi i'm max mcknight i'm 19 years old and i'm a business management student i also do some uh volunteering for sma uk and corridor trust brilliant and ross number two <laughs> hi there yeah so um i'm ross hovey i have spinal vascular atrophy type 2 uh i've just turned 44, so uh, yeah, feeling a little <laughs> bit older than uh, young Maxwell there. Cheers, mate. Um, I um, I have a full-time career. Um, I work for a large financial organisation, um, and just due to sensitivity, don't talk too widely about that on sort of podcasts and webcasts, unless I'm specifically talking about my career. But if you want to look me up on LinkedIn or any other form of platform, I'm sure you'll quickly find out what, we, what I do and we can connect there. Um, yeah, um, so I travel all around the world as a disabled person, um, really enjoy traveling with my family and my team of carers, and I've been lucky enough to visit, um, you know, many places around the world from America, Dubai, Singapore, and lots of places in Europe. Fantastic. And over to you, Ali. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Ali. Um, I've just started doing a little bit of work for SMA with their outreach team. Um, I've also got Bobby, who's 13 this year. He's got SMA type 3, and Freddie, who's 8. Um, we haven't been abroad much, only with a manual chair. Uh, we mainly do camping in the UK, so interested to hear what everyone's got to say about going abroad. Yeah. Great. I think this is the nice thing about today's podcast, is the fact that we've got 
uh, a nice variety of us here. We've all got um, different levels of experience when it comes to traveling um, with disability. So it's it's kind of we've got the, you know, some of us have traveled more than others and it's a great way to sort of share tips and our, our experiences. So I want to start things off on a positive note because I think we all know traveling with a disability comes with a, a lot of anxieties and things. So we will get on to all of the, the nitty gritty stuff as well. But let's kick things off talking a little bit about our um, experiences that we've had. Like, I want to know where's where's the best place you've been? Like, what's your favorite holiday memory as such, uh, Maxwell? Oh, I have to say it's got a really bad name, but I think the best place I've been to is Benidorm. Um, because I think it's like really touristy and there's quite a lot of infrastructure in the area and so when I went onto the beach I had my own lifeguard um, and wheelchair kind of beach wheelchair which went into the water which was really cool and that was like my first time that I fully went into the sea independently Um, and that was a really great experience and I think it was like one of the smoothest holidays we've ever been on which was really nice personal lifeguard wow okay yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ben set in the tone there i like that yeah yeah uh, and ross what about yourself um yeah i think accessibility means uh different things to different people so for me um personally dubai probably one of my um you know, favorite place to go. I'll go there. Have that up in there. What under fucking county? Keep going back. Tell me that it really worked for me. Um, but I recommend it's kind of and not necessarily a place there. Where I want to go. Yeah, no, it does sound nice. Never, never been myself, but it does sound does sound good. Uh, Ali, how about you? Where has been your favorite place that you've been over the years? Whether that's in the UK or or abroad. Um, well, we haven't been to many places. Obviously, Disney is up there with with the best lovely places for the boys. But I think personally, I love camping. So we always try to head off to the Forest forest of Dee um, with all the lovely streams going through. Um, Bobby is still quite slight, so I can still, you know, we can still move him around quite a lot um and up until recently he was still crawling quite a bit as well so um to go to for camping easy for him to get around the tent um and being out in the fields in his power chair just freely exploring is just amazing and then when we find little hidden streams that he can go and splash around in with his brother and make downs you know that's at the moment that's you know a perfect holiday um but he is getting bigger so trying to explore a little bit more of going abroad will be our next adventure yeah i think sometimes some of the smaller sort of staycations and things within the uk as well can be just as rewarding as a, a little family break as well so that's really nice i think my personal favorite holiday trip over the years was probably cyprus I'd say that was around my 21st birthday quite a few years ago now. Um, and yeah, that was that was probably one of my favourite <laughs> holidays because I think I don't even think we left the hotel for the whole week. Like there was just so much going on within the hotel that I just 
loved it. It was the perfect balance of relaxing holiday, but also great entertainment and food and drink and all that good stuff. So yeah, cool. Well, thank you guys for sharing uh, your favorite trips there. I want to talk now a little bit about travel essentials. So what are some of your main essentials when you go traveling you know you're writing your list you're packing your bags ready to go what are the main things that you want to take with you um for example i'll give you an example um we're not talking the standard you know remember your pants and socks we're we're talking you know uh (laughs) equipment wise or anything that makes your your trip a bit better like for me it sounds really boring but i have like a little mini first aid kit that I take everywhere with me because I'm so paranoid that you can guarantee as soon as I get somewhere, oh, I want that little cream or I want that little uh, bandage or whatever. So for me, that's a, a real travel essential. Um, does anything come to mind for you, uh, Maxwell? Probably a manual sling, like one of the ones of handles that people can lift you up in. I think that's the main thing. When I used to go on holiday, we didn't have one. And obviously, you know, people picking you up from under your arms and they don't know where to hold you from. But if you have one of these manual slings, you're a lot more supported, especially with my head after my spinal operation. It's come in handy, handy loads. But that's the only like real bit of equipment other than my hoist that I I bring on holiday and of course my wheelchair. Um, But yeah. Yeah. And Ross, what what's your go-to essential? I mean, back to what's covered of get both of it. You need, you know, the the hoist and the the the, the able move e player fellow SMA up. Um but I I would for me, um I've got a horrible collapsible shower chair that um sort of folds up into hand luggage. Um so it's really easy to transport and, and that to me um, it's something I couldn't be without. And even that, I'd probably only give it an 8 out of 10. It's still not as good as the shower chair at home, but it, it does. Yeah, definitely. I think as a as a wheelchair user, whenever I go somewhere as well, I always take um, a manual chair with me because I think I'm just so yeah. paranoid of if anything wrong goes with my electric, at least I have some form of backup as uncomfortable as it may be and as um, inconvenient it may be for my family to have to push me at least I know I'm not going to be stranded. We do that as well we bring a manual uh, chair my, normally my sister hijacks it but um, yeah <laughs> that's what siblings are for it's, it's yeah <laughs> exactly exactly it's when you rock up to the airport isn't it with like everyone else can just casually get on the plane with one or two bags and here we are with all yeah. this equipment and stuff yeah looks like i'm going Um, away for a year (laughs) yeah it literally does Uh, ali you already mentioned obviously you take you're planning to take you know two electric wheelchairs um yeah how how are you feeling about that like have you done much research into it so far that's this is probably my biggest bit of anxiety over going um so Bobby's been picked to play for Geneva All-Stars team for Powerchair Football, which is why we're going over, um, which, which is why he means obviously his power day chair and also his football sports chair. So to 
thinking of taking those on the plane, I'm like, oh my gosh. So, so you find it out about the batteries. Certain batteries can't be in the chair when he's on the plane. Um, taking bits off the chair so that if anything happens, it's safe. That's my biggest fear is his day chair, something happening to it on the plane and we get over there and we're like stuck kind of thing. So yeah, lots of backwards yeah. and forwards. We've got a good support team around us, um, constant chats with Geneva, um, going through everything, what we need in the hotel, shower chairs. I really interested about the portable water rods. That sounds amazing. Um yeah. yeah. Bit of a worry. <laughs> I don't think I could literally take his manual yeah. chair as well because yeah, traveling light doesn't happen. <laughs> Even just for like a weekend away, no. tra- traveling light isn't the thing. No, even when I go on a local trip, I I take my own portable profile in bed because I I can't sort of make do on a regular bed. So my friends are just like, here I am carrying a whole bed and a mattress. It's it's ridiculous, but it's what it's what we have to do. Unfortunately, I've never I've never tried taking that on a plane. I very much doubt that would be allowed. But yeah, equipment is is a huge part of when it comes to holidays, isn't it? It it's I think between us we can all agree that it's that worry it's that anxiety of not having our home comforts um maxwell what goes through your head when you're you know looking to book a holiday or something do you worry about all the equipment you have to take Uh, i think the main worry for me is the portable hoist because of its weight they always uh freak out about it at the airport um and especially with like some airlines, they've said they just won't take it. Um, and I've been to airports before and we've had like an hour discussion on like if it can actually go on board because I think it's a moving and handling thing um, with them lifting it up or something. Um, and so last time we went, we actually just took it all the way to the scissor lift and that kind of eliminated all the problems. But Obviously, they didn't say that at the start, and we had a big conversation about it that probably could have been way smaller. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? I think we all have this um, fear of damage to our equipment and, and things. And I know there's there's been some progress recently in regards to the, the consequences of, of damage, and hopefully, you know, things will get better in the future but yeah there is no quick fix or there's no real advice that we can give at the moment because unfortunately it's, it's out of our hands isn't it ross it, it is it's, you know you're relying on on other people um the the planes haven't been designed to even load a wheelchair in so they're they're making do with what they put a suitcase on so um and you know they're under time pressures to do it so whilst damage happens I think some of it does probably happen through. I don't know if anyone actually intentionally damages someone's wheelchair. I think a lot of it is through carelessness and through the pressures. But just going back to Maxwell's point, the bit around the hoist is a real um, is a real one. I've experienced that as well, where you you've stood there for an hour. The, the irony is that your wheelchair weighs mm. more than the hoist, and they manage to get that on the plane and don't argue about it. Um, so it's kind of you thinking, well, why don't you just take the hoist in the same place as you're going to take the wheelchair? Because then you're not going to have a problem. Um, I think you know, kind of maybe go back to your other question around like the biggest the biggest fear 
um, for me is is the moving and handling part of transferring to um, sort of the aisle chair and then the aisle chair to the, the to your seat. And so you know, kind of um, I weigh just under sort of about just under eleven stone, so I'm not huge, but I'm not tiny either. And you know, it's the awkward. There's not a lot of space to lift you. Um, you know, our legs flimsy if they get caught in someone else's legs. Um, it's just really, it's just really worrying, and that someone's going to injure you and drop you. I think once I'm kind of in the plane seat, you can calm down for a little bit, but then you've got the angst of not being able to go to the bathroom over long your flight. So I think there's so many things that kind of are just an inconvenience about trying to see the world. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, and I think so many of us are in in that same boat that it's so frustrating that we're still living in a world where we can't just fix these issues. But yeah, I mean, I know we're making small progress, but still, it's 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 not enough, is it? It's really not. Um, I saw a there's a fantastic um, content creator online called Fashion Bell, and she she put up a, a brilliant post recently. I saw it was regarding uh, traveling with a wheelchair where she sort of basically covered her whole chair in signage that was saying, you know, please be careful. Literally, we shouldn't have to do this, but it was literally begging the handling staff, please be careful. This chair is literally my legs. It's my my freedom. Um, but there were some great tips on sort of some lifting handles that she'd attached to the chair mm. as well. Um, I thought that was, that was a really f- fantastic... Um, a bit of advice from her there. Um, Ali, is there anything in, in regards to equipment or anything? I know you. we mentioned the, the chairs already and you said that you like the sound of Ross's um, portable shower chair. Um, is there anything else that sort of really puts you off traveling? Because one, a bit of advice that I wanted to mention um, to anyone who maybe hasn't traveled abroad as much is that depending on where you go there are certain places that where you can hire yeah. equipment that are already there um which has been a, a big help for me i know in my last holiday when i went to corfu i thought i could i thought i could survive without the bed i thought i can rough it for a week uh, by just propping up the bed you know that's in the room and stuff i i did a couple of nights and i just couldn't but luckily within the area we managed to research and find a local hire company where we could hire a a portable profile in bed which again it's not one of those things that i'd even thought about before but until someone says about it now it's like oh that's a really good idea actually um is that something you've looked into when 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 traveling at all yeah so um as i said the the hosts in geneva have been really good and i think other than obviously the the chairs getting there the other thing is around toileting you know Bobby is nearly 13 so you know he's coming into certain years um and it's really private you know going to the toilet anyway and for him so we need to make sure that that's that's okay he doesn't really want us holding him on the toilet he's only he's very very slight he's very very thin so making sure that the toilet seat is suitable for him so it's been backwards and forwards with emails saying can you get this piece of equipment that will go over well what's the seat like on it if it's too big he'll just fall through it and he needs to feel safe while he's on the toilet so that's quite a big 
thing, um, making sure that's okay. We did a PGL trip two weeks ago with his school and I needed to go because they they didn't have hoists and things. Um, they had accessible activities, but not hoists. And again, I had to take his shower chair with us because it goes over the toilet as well. So it was playing around with that because the toilets were higher. So I needed to make his shower chair higher to go over the toilet. So it is thinking about that personal area and how to make him comfortable um, and to know that there's places that you can hire things would be good, really. Can I just say that I'm actually hiring equipment this year for my holiday um, when I go abroad um, to try and eliminate, like, taking the hoist. And obviously, I used to just use the hoist to go to the loo, but I need a, a shower chair now. So we're doing that as well. Um, so basically hiring out all the equipment. So the only struggle is really the wheelchair, um, which will probably just put some padding on the wheels maybe. Because um, it is, it. even though it's really good to like bubble wrap the whole wheelchair, like it's really stressful to do that in an airport environment. And especially when I need to drive it there as well. So, you know, I'm, we'll probably maybe bubble wrap the controller or take it off. But apart from that, um yeah 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 it's you you do feel like you have to almost take control don't you and really um protect your own things which a lot of other people don't don't have to worry about these things do they when they travel um but it takes a lot of the spontaneity away from um us being able to just get up and catch a flight like most other people uh do you think Ross, and I'm sorry to put this question on you. Um, I know you said you had a big birthday recently, but do you think that our age has plays a part in what we what we worry about? Like, because I know when I was a kid, I didn't care about any of this, and whereas now I'm a little bit more like I overplan everything. Hundred percent. So with 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 age, you you know um, you're more you see danger and. You, you see hazards more more commonly and i think probably the, the one that really resonates he was i think or oh, must have been about early in 2011 i went to dubai with um two of my friends and some carers and um we went to atlantis water park for the day and i went on the um what they're called you, you get in a, like a double rubber ring or something where the rapids i guess it's called or they're like the log, the flume, whatever, the, the water slide, the water park. And like, it was great and fantastic experience. But like now, I just would fear that my leg, like, is not as sturdy as it was. And it would probably, like, I, didn't, I, was, I don't know how I didn't break my leg that day. So now, if someone said to me, Would you want to do that? I'd be like, No, I'm quite happy to sit by the pool and watch you guys have fun. So I think, yeah, you, you definitely fear these things more as you get older and your body doesn't heal as quickly, right? So, you know, when you're, when you've got SMA and our bodies are really weak, the older you get and the combination of that, you don't really want to be, you know, you don't want to get broken bones at any time, but you, you definitely don't want to be getting them in your 40s. No, definitely not. <laughs> so w- what is your favourite thing about going away, whether it's uh, whether it's abroad or whether it's in, in the UK? Uh, Ali, what is it that you look forward to the most about 
having a bit of time away? Um, for me, it, it, it's all about family. It's our time together, the four of us, um, our little unit, and you know, getting the boys to experience it, everything that they that they can. Um, we always tr- we've always been the same with Bobby that he can do anything. We just have to think outside the box and look at it a bit differently. Um, we'll try not to have too many obstacles or hazards that we can't, you know, come over. Um, so it, it's just really important that it's as, as stress-free as possible so that we can all enjoy it because your your holidays are, are precious. You know, we're all working so much and boys are at school. There's so much stress already. So to have that time, you know, just us where it's, you enjoy your time together. Don't need any other obstacles. And and the thing is, you, you don't travel light. So if you can get things that you're you can hire when you get there, um, just to make it easy, that that's the most important. Just being together. Yeah, and and Maxwell, you mentioned a little bit earlier on about the beaches yeah. in Benidorm. Is 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 the beach? Is that something? important to you because i feel like we are seeing a lot more accessibility on beaches across the world at the moment which is which is great yeah no definitely i love the beach and i think abroad they definitely do it better i think i can't really get on any uk beaches um they're completely uh unaccessible so yeah just out exploring i love just exploring the world, the cultures, the food is a big one for me. Um, eating other yeah. food. Um, and yeah, just enjoying my time and, and relaxing and not having to worry about anything else. Um, but I don't, I'm going to try and get in the sea this year. But obviously, going back to thinking about safety and the other uh, question, you know, do I want to go out in the sea and possibly risk? damaging something in the waves so you know if it's uh not too wavy out there i might i might get in the sea (laughs) yeah i i agree with you there i'm one of these that i love the sea and i love the water but i'm like from a distance i'm happy just to look at it um but i don't want to be paddling (laughs) um although in cornwall uh if we are talking uk there are a lot of uh, beach buggy type wheelchairs now which which are great we're seeing a lot more of them popping up around uh, the country which is which is always great but i'm with you on the food there yeah. as well like i love especially if you're going all out like an all-inclusive yeah. where you can just have the most random dinner and lunches that like i I, I always remember once I had like a I think I had a burger for lunch with a side <laughs> of jelly yeah. on the same yeah. plate and it's like where else can you do that three courses for every meal <laughs> yeah exactly Ross what's your favourite thing about going on holiday um, probably being off work <laughs> uh, um, uh, my favourite I think one of the you know, naturally a, a break from work so it's nice to, to not have to be getting up at silly o'clock and you know, being on back to back teams calls all day and, and that but I think the biggest thing for me is um, it's that not having to manage your life and by that I mean there's no shopping to do there's no like thinking about what needs to be done around the house there's no you know carer handovers because typically when you go away um, you have one carer or two carers for that 
duration of that that trip so for me you know i'm away for 12 days i haven't got to worry about you know someone coming in someone calling sick obviously there's the fear of the carer that's with you could get ill while you're on holiday but touch wood that hasn't happened but i think for me it's that just switch off from anything to do with you know thinking about rotors and hours and any of that stuff it just goes out the window because it's really easy you like you leave they start work when you leave and they finish when you get home so that for me means it's a complete de-stressor yeah yeah definitely and um I feel like there's two types of people when you go on holiday. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me here, Ali. I think when you plan a trip, you've got the people who actually want to go out and explore the area and have an itinerary and, and go out and explore. And then you've got the ones that just want to chill and do nothing. Uh, where do you fit into yeah, definitely that? Definitely the chill. <laughs> definitely the chill. Um, it's nice to go out and do some bits, you know, explore and, and check a bit of the culture and stuff. But it is very much just just a switch off, just complete chill. Let the boys do what they want to do, get up when they want to get up, eat when you want to eat, and yeah, just just calm and chill yeah. and enjoy it. And you know, late nights, no school the next day. All about the good vibes. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> This question is probably, my next question, probably more for the sort of experienced travellers, uh, Ross or Maxwell. What has your experience been with travel insurance? Because I know travel insurance can really vary. It could be anything between, you know, £50 to thousands of pounds. And a lot of companies just don't even want to come near you if you've got any form of disability or condition. Um, have either of you had any sort of good or bad experiences with with travel insurance um would go first um so i've never been declined travel insurance i i i, I think over the years different companies have stopped doing certain um offering certain insurance to people with spinal muscularity and i think the biggest thing is if you've got sma and you've had any respiratory problems that really is where they start asking a million and one questions. Premiums go high and touch wood. I've not not had that, so um, it's not a promotion. I'm not on not doing a paid ad, but I've always found that a company called All Clear um, are reasonably good. You can list all of your disabilities, not just your SMA. So if you've got like you know, for example, um, what else? Well, high blood pressure, for example, I can add that on. And I think I think my annual policy is about three hundred fifty to four hundred pounds, which is Still a lot of money, but it's it's like holiday tax, isn't it? Like you, you kind of you can add its insurance, like it's moral hazard. So some people don't bother, some people do. Like you know, touch wood, I've never had to, to claim off it, but the one time that you don't take it will be the time that you you really need it. And a, a cheeky little tip: if you get top cashback, uh, if you sign up for top cashback, all clear, offer about twenty percent, so you end up getting about hundred and something pounds back top cashback. Oh, we love a cheeky little tip there. Love that. Maxwell's smiling and nodding along as well. Yeah. <laughs> I see. And what but, about you, Maxwell? Because I know me personally, as I sort of get older, I've kind of left all that stuff <laughs> to my parents and I never deal with it. And until now I'm getting older, I'm just like, oh, I've actually got to look into this myself now, which kind of sucks. Um, is that something that you've started Actually, this into? year was the first time I booked like the family holiday, uh, funny enough. And 
Yeah, no, I went around like loads of different companies and like I did think it was going to be like completely stupid the price but it was actually okay um but yeah no i think ross has a lot more experience on where to go and where to look um but yeah no mine was mine was okay i think it was about 200 pounds i paid yeah okay cool uh something that i think again is worth just uh, noting a little bit of advice and little tips for people once you do make it to your holiday destination wherever you're traveling um i found out recently that apparently the blue badge scheme is recognized um in certain places in europe so if you are going to be driving when you're over there um which was news to me i never knew that so there's something we like a little bit of a, a positive news uh certain places can do that so yeah that's that's good I, I like that um i want to talk a little bit about advice for people i feel like we we need to uh, give some people advice for those who maybe haven't traveled as much uh what advice can we give people ali uh from a sort of i know you're looking to take a lot of advice your, yourself at this current stage but you've you know, you know you've done some local travel as well um, especially when you've got um, lots of equipment, what advice would you give to somebody when it comes to planning a trip? Um, I'm I'm all about a list. I love a list. So making sure that you've got everything that you need that you need to take. Obviously, if, if you've booked your holiday, you know your location, what's around there, um, and just making sure you've got everything extra extension leads for charging um and everything like that your first aid kit i'm a mom that's it you gotta have the first aid to go with you um just to make it easy and little bags of things as well so you know put everything in um, a drawstring bag for the toilet so it's just easy to take with us um and it's discreet so you don't you know it's fine if you're on the beach you can take it with you up to the to the toilets and stuff so yeah, just preparing, always preparing beforehand, making sure you've ticked, ticked all your boxes. Yeah, I like that. I think probably that is probably the best advice that we could give anyone is just prepare. Unfortunately, when you have a disability and you're looking to travel, there's not a lot of spontaneity. Uh, we do have to thoroughly plan, research, prepare everything, but it will just work out in your favour in the end because... None of us want to get to the other end and and be surprised or let down by anything. So that research is key. Um, Maxwell, is there any extra advice you can offer to people? Uh, definitely just being prepared, um, like what's been said. But also, I think when you're booking on like the hoist and your wheelchair, definitely get them to put like a note on the system saying like, this is all approved, this is all good. Um, and also get them just to email like what's been said as well, so you can take that to the to the airport and just prove that everything's you know uh, being approved and everything should go smoothly, hopefully. And like in terms of like wheelchair uh, printing off the manual, sticking it to your chair, um, and just I think Permabilt also uh, do a document where it shows you what the battery type is as well, which you can print off and. Uh, stick to your wheelchair as well um, which kind of stops any questions from 
from really being asked. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely the kind the kind of guy that prints yeah. everything. I've got my little plastic wallet full of, you know, you see those funny sort of videos online where you've got the the airport mums that literally have everything, or one person is in charge of everyone's passport just so nothing gets lost. As much as we make fun of it, I do think it is good to allocate one per, allocate people individual 100%. job roles, um, and so they're responsible. Um, anything else you want to add, Ross, as well, in terms of travel advice? Yeah, so probably break it down into a couple of seconds. So in the booking part, when I'm booking an accessible room, I ask for photos of the room, written confirmation measurements of things like the toilet so that there can be no um, discrepancies. So if I get there and that isn't what they've given me, I can say, well, that's what we agreed. So either you get it or you send it to me on the next flight home at your expense because you know that's, that would be my approach um, I think the other one is um, if you know the manufacturer of your wheelchair and you have a good relationship with um, a wheelchair service provider is to um, find out from them tell them where you're going um, so I went to Spain two weeks ago and um, the, the chap who services my wheelchair I said um, just in the unlikely event if there's a problem when I get to Spain with my wheelchair do you have a good contact number or company that I could contact and his exact words were um, I I do have some if you get involved just message me as soon as you land and I'll put you in touch with the Madrid office so kind of that reassurance um, or if you don't have a good relationship with your service provider just Google like the make of your wheelchair and service providers in the destination where you're going and maybe get their website or their number or email address, something like that. And then my third one um, is and it's probably, it is related to disability, but it's just a more generic advice. You know, kind of we, we all put like our hand luggage and our hand luggage and our, you know, our clothes in our suitcase and, you know, our suitcases go missing. And whilst it would be disappointing for me to have no pants and, you know, alarming for everyone else to see me naked, um, yeah. I think the more important thing is I put a sling um, and my sliding sheet in my hand yeah. luggage and uh, like a pair of joggers and a t-shirt so that just if the worst comes the worst case scenario when the case doesn't arrive and I have to hire a hoist I've got my hoist sling with me I've got my slide sheet for the bed and I've got a change of clothes um, that's just a real thing that you know going to again just eliminates any potential um, you know, delay should your bag go missing yeah I like that. I love how Ali's got a pen in her hand. It's almost like she's making notes. <laughs> Brilliant. It is great advice though. And yeah, talking about putting things in your hand luggage with wheelchairs, I do exactly the same. I My wheelchair controller uh, detaches. So I actually take the wheelchair controller off and carry my controller in hand luggage separately. Because hey. obviously if that gets bashed it's very fragile whereas if the general chair gets a little bit knocked it's, the chances are that will survive whereas that electrical hand lug you know you can take that in your hand luggage as well which i think is important um one bit of advice i also wanted to share with our listeners today is that um if you are a little bit anxious about flying um whether that's about the airport experience or the airline itself reach out to your local um, airport in advance because a lot of people don't know this but 
a lot of airports do have a specific access um, team or access forum. Um, I'm on the access forum for my local airport and I've been working with them for a couple of years about just generally improving their the airport experience for people who require special assistance. And it's since doing a little bit of work with them, it, it's actually really refreshing to know that they do want our advice on how they can improve things. And it not only eases the anxiety for, for yourself, knowing that, you know, since I've been involved with this airport, they've got a better aisle chair. It's it's a lot more sturdier, you know, because I raise concerns about how tiny those aisle chairs are and how unstable yeah. and, you know, little fixes like getting a sturdier aisle chair that has headrest support. Um, they wouldn't have thought of that before. And they've now got an ambulift, which just makes the boarding process of lifting the chair up onto okay. the the plane so much easier so if there's an opportunity for you to get involved with your local airport join their access forum give them improvements and advice and i think you'll be surprised at how willing they might be to actually actually help you because they do have to meet certain regulations now so yeah it's definitely definitely worth it um we are coming to the end of today's podcast so i just want to sort of end Again, on a little high, we started the podcast by sharing where our favourite holiday has been in the past. Uh, let's end by sharing where is your next dream destination? Like, what is top of your bucket list for travel? Uh, Maxwell, where do you want to go? Oh, I think my dream destination is Japan. And it's just because of the food. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Japan. Yeah. I like that. Nice. Okay. And Ross, how about you? Um, so when I retire, um, which I don't know when that'll be, but uh I think what I'd like to do is hire an accessible RV and maybe do a bit of a tour around America. But when I say an accessible RV, so a recreational vehicle is what Americans call them, it's like a coach like um, that's like not a caravan because camping is sorry it's just not for me so it'd have to be like pop that like, tv hot water on tap uh kitchen those kind of things so i'd like to hire one of them for maybe like eight ten weeks sort of maybe travel in america see different parts of america oh rv that sounds great love that and ali is is disney 2.0 on the cards or are you going to branch out a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I think they're getting a little bit big for Disney now, even though I'd love to go back. I'd love to take them to Orlando. Um, but I think Australia, I'd love to take them to Australia. Um, it's just so beautiful. Um, they've actually got the um, Powerjet World Cup there this year. Uh, if I had the money, we'd be booking those flights. Um, yeah, it would be amazing <laughs> to go to Australia. Oh, yeah, that, that does sound good. Shame about the long flight, but it would be amazing, the wouldn't downside, it? Isn't it um, the long flight? Yeah, I think for me, just anywhere with a bit of sun. I, I'm such a sun worshiper. I don't care where I go as, as long as I get a bit of a bit of heat. Uh, I've always fancied going on a cruise as well. I think I did like a very small weekend cruise when I was uh, a kid, and I I don't remember a lot of it. And I had a friend who went on a, a cruise ship recently and said it was very, very good access. So I feel like that's going to be my mission mm. to try and 
check out a um a cruise somewhere over the next few years um so yeah there we go guys uh, i hope you've enjoyed our little summer holidays episode today uh, as always, if you've got any thoughts, questions or opinions, please do get involved. Uh, we'll leave the email address uh, at the bottom of this video where you can um, get involved with SMA UK and share any uh, thoughts and comments. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed listening to our short our stories, uh, sharing a few tips as well. And hopefully um, you can either relate to some of our stories or you might have even taken some uh, positive away from it as well. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Uh, thank you guys for sharing your stories and we'll see you again very soon. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Living With SMA podcast. We hope you can join us again next time. But in the meantime, don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find out more on our website at smauk.org.uk. Money.